Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. Jesus and the Beasts Mark chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After his baptism, Jesus' position was confirmed by the, by the Father with a voice from heaven, saying, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Mark 1 verse 11. Then the Spirit led or drove him into the wilderness. Here, in these verses, Mark shows us that Jesus during his 40 days in the wilderness, was exposed to spiritual as well as physical dangers. Spiritual danger because he was being tempted by the devil and physical danger because he was with wild animals. Jesus is the Son of God, yet the Spirit led him into danger. We must not believe that being in the will of God means that we will not encounter adverse circumstances. But in all things, we are never left alone. According to an article, Canaan and Ancient Israel, from the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, the wild beasts known to have existed at the time included lions, bears, antelopes, wild oxen, ostriches, ostriches crocodiles, hippopotamuses. Many of these no longer exist there today because of extensive hunting over the years. Of all the Gospel writers, only Mark mentions this little detail that Jesus was there with the wild animals. Is there any significance to that? Could it be that this little detail might not be so little as some may think? What would be the significance of this information? It is interesting to note that the Greek word therion, translated wild animals, is found in two other places in the New Testament, in James chapter 3 verse 7 and in Revelation 6 verse 8. Let me read James 3, 7 and 8. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Though James is speaking from a different context from Mark, one thing he says that is of significance, every kind of beast, therion, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Some scholars suggest that Mark is presenting Jesus as the new Adam figure, and as the new Adam, he has complete dominion over these animals, wild as they were. The first Adam in the Garden of Eden was given the task of naming the animals that were already subdued before him. But the second Adam was driven by the Spirit to spend 40 days with untamed animals in, and a wily tempter. Did Jesus the new Adam subdue and tame those wild animals? Maybe. But one thing we do know, he was in physical and spiritual danger and he overcame.
Are you surrounded by physical and spiritual dangers? You can overcome too if Jesus is your Lord. You will overcome by holding fast to your faith in Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. New King James Version. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the, profession, the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mark is not the only place in the Bible where we find Jesus, or God, dealing with wild animals. When we look at Daniel chapter 7, we see also the enemies of God and his people being portrayed as wild, ferocious beasts. And we see also the Son of Man coming to exercise dominion over these and to secure the people of God. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Daniel chapter 7 verse 4. A second like a bear. It was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. Daniel chapter 7 verse 5. After this I looked and there was another like a leopard which had, which had on its back four wings of a bird. Daniel 7 verse 6. A fourth beast dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the, other be from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Daniel 7, verse 7. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my night vision, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Daniel 7 verse 2. John Pauline sees in this vision an echo of the creation story. In his book, The Deep Things of God, pages 52 and 53, he states, I quote, Does the imagery of the winds blowing over the sea sound familiar? We have seen similar language already in Genesis 1 verse 2. The vision of Daniel 7 begins with an echo of the chaotic waters before creation. Then after Daniel's depiction of a series of animals, we come to a fascinating statement in verses 13 and 14. In my night vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. 
all nations, all peoples, nations, and men of and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The language here reminds us of Adam's dominion over the creatures of the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28 An authority that he exercised when he named the animals. Genesis 2, 19 and 20 So Daniel 7, as in the case of other Old Testament prophets, applies the language of creation to the prophet's future. Winds churning up the sea, animals appearing, and a son of man, a second Adam, who receives dominion over these animals. Thus Daniel 7 describes the future history of the world as a new creation of God. Once again, Scripture takes the language of the past to speak about the future. I continue to reading from, I continue reading from Pauline. What excites me about this reading of Daniel 7 is that this prophecy made perfect sense when Daniel was writing. God's people were right in the middle of the exile at that time, captives in Babylon. How would the prophet view the animals in Daniel 7? They represented the nations who were oppressing the people of God. The vision portrays these nations as vicious, ravenous beasts. So what was the message of the vision to Daniel and his people? Something like this. Just as Adam had dominion over the animals after creation, so the Son of Man will have dominion over these nations that are oppressing you and your people. The meaning of Daniel 7, in other words, was that God was still in control. The world seemed chaotic because wicked nations were doing evil things to the people of God, but his people were not to be discouraged. Despite all appearances, the Lord had not lost control of the situation. End of quote. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. For the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Daniel 7 verses 17 and 18. This is a vision of hope for Daniel, with Jerusalem destroyed, his people in captivity, and being ruled by a pagan kingdom. It would certainly be a word of hope hearing that an everlasting kingdom was going to be inaugurated for the saints of the Most High. Good things are in store for his people, and their enemies are going to be destroyed. Brothers and sisters, in every age when God's word is given, it is to give hope to his people. Even when it has future applications, it still speaks to the present realities of his people. To give them hope, to encourage faith, and to promote holy living. God's people were to understand that even though their enemies will rage against them, they were not to be discouraged. They were to keep their faith in the promised one and live faithfully unto him, and their victory is assured. They will overcome by faith, and the same is true for us today. It does not help us to be constantly focusing on the enemy. We may end up becoming like him and doing his work for him. By beholding, we are changed. We must focus on the one who will give us the everlasting kingdom. Focus on him, become like him, and do the work he gave us to do. The book of Revelation also shows 
that God's people will be assailed again by ferocious beasts, evil powers, but they are not, not left alone. Jesus the conquering lion will be with his people, and these beasts will ultimately be destroyed. In Revelation chapters 12 and 13, we see a coalition of beasts, the dragon, the sea beast, and the land beast, waging war against God's people who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. But we also see Jesus, the mighty conqueror, leading his faithful people unto victory. Everyone who puts their trust in him is a victor already. Everyone who puts his or her confidence in him is declared to be a child of God. Just but, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. And Revelation chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and am sat down with my father on his throne. The one who overcomes is the one who believes in Jesus and continues to believe in him as Lord. The one who overcomes is the one who receives Jesus into his or her heart. Are you an overcomer? The wild beasts or the wild animals could not have hurt Jesus in the wilderness because he had dominion over them. The devil did not overcome him either because he resisted all his temptations with the powerful word of God. Daniel 7 shows us that the wild animals, the enemy nation powers, could not and still cannot prevail against him. And the dragon and the beast of Revelation 12 and 13 are still not able, able to overpower him. Our Jesus is the winner man. Neither will they overpower you if your faith is anchored in Jesus Christ. It is our faith in Jesus that makes us overcomers, nothing of ourselves. The revelation of Jesus Christ was not written to cause overly excited interest in the beast powers and antichrist, but to encourage faith in Jesus and faithfulness to him. It was written to confront the compromising Christians and to comfort the faith-filled believers. It reassures the struggling soul that there is indeed victory for the one who truly believes in the Son of God. What is your situation today? Are the manifestations of beast powers troubling you? Do you feel threatened by the happenings in the world today? Are you confused by the overload of conflicting information? Are you perplexed, not knowing who to trust, whose word to believe? Look to Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Revelation 1 verse 5. Look to him. He is the one who loves us, who loved us, and washed us from our sins, and in his own blood has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 1, 
5 and 6. If we hold on to our faith in him, we have the assurance that when he comes, we will meet him in peace. Others will mourn because of him, but we who put our trust in him will all hail him as our long-awaited Savior and King. Behold, he comes. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Revelation 1, verse 7. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, New King James Version. O Lord, these are troubled times for all of us. The news every day is about sorrow and hurt and pain. It is almost overwhelming, overwhelming to us, your children. There are many messages bombarding our ears today. But help us, O Lord, to hold to the one true message, the message of hope in Jesus Christ, the message of salvation through grace by faith. Help us not to be troubled by Antichrist, but to keep our trust in Jesus Christ. Help us to live faithful, faith-filled lives in these times. We thank you. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.